to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, break down horror movies, not horror films. This is part two of episode 17. We're coming back at you. So we're going to finish wrapping up. Uh, we talked about the people on the stairs, so we're going to finish wrapping up Devil in the segment. First off, we are going to get into shotgun reviews. All right. Um, I have a decent amount, Mr. Drunk Darius. Really? I've been busy. Yeah. Yeah, because I think before when we were recording our bonus episode, I, I kind of took a little break from horror there for a couple weeks and I really didn't watch much but in the last uh, two weeks that we did record I did I did watch quite a few I caught up on a couple um, that I wanted to watch particularly one from last year and I rewatched. we're going to cover this in the main show about rewatches in general because I think there's like two different camps for rewatches, and I rarely rewatch, but I did rewatch a movie from the other year. We'll get into that as far as that goes, but I've got a, I've got a plethora of movies that I rewatch, okay. or, or th- that I that I cover that I do want to talk about. I'm kind of excited too, so I've got some pretty high-rated movies. Are so, they um, in the yachts? Are they what? The two thousands. Uh, they're all two thousands, I think. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing before. I think the oldest. Well, we'll get into them. So, right on. I've I probably got like ten. So, how many you have? I like three. Oh Jesus! All right. Well, well I, I took a little break. I was clearly I was binging on two thousand eighteen <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. All right. Well, the first one I want to talk to. I did actually watch this. Uh, a couple days before we recorded our last episode. Um, but this was kind of in between a bunch of 2018 ones I saw. I did rewatch Train to Busan. I am huge on this movie. Anybody that knows me, I am a massive zombie fan. Is that on Netflix now? I think it is. Uh, yes, it was on Netflix. I rewatched it on Netflix. I'd only seen this once before, and I came in super high on it, and it was before I really got into, like, rating movies, but I knew that I loved it. 
I wanted to watch it again just to refresh everything and to see if it still held up in some bitch. This one held up, man. 9.5. Nice. I absolutely love this movie. It's yeah. super strong. And this is another movie. It's a South Korean movie, but they are re they're making this an American version is what I heard. But I also I heard this like a year and a half ago and we still haven't had any new news yeah. on that, so I don't know if they are, but I don't care. Even though this one is damn near a masterpiece, I hope they put out an, uh, an English version because it's still going to be, for me, I don't. Re- I mean, it would take a lot to screw this up for me to not like it. So I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, have, you've never seen it? Well, before recently, I have been avoiding subtitle movies right. like The Plague, but now I'm going to go back and check out check out a lot i've heard about like this one or uh, the wailing i want to see that movie is awesome um have you seen banshee no i just recently got recommended that i'm gonna check that one out too but yeah i'll check this out i have another movie that is a subtitle one i saw that you need to watch so but and i will say you know if there's one thing i got out of doing these podcasts before a wicked hangover the morning after yeah is me like you and well really the same thing is is getting into the foreign films i was the exact same way where i i'm coming around but i think first episode i kind of went off and said that and immediately as soon as i see a movie i have to read subtitles i'm going to rate it a half point lower because and i still kind of do feel that way you know it does in my opinion, it does detract a little bit from the movie because you are spending a lot of time, energy, and focus on reading subtitles rather than paying attention to the movie, the acting, and you know the tone and atmosphere, everything in there. But I will say I'm very glad that I'm getting into these four movies because there's some phenomenal Me too. movies that are out there, and Train to Busan is one of them. Granted, it's a zombie movie, so there's a lot less dialogue to read compared to you know something like Satan's Slaves or something like that. That's a little bit more story and dialogue driven. Train to Busan is just a phenomenal zombie movie. It's action. It's it's like it's that. intense. I love it. And if you've never seen it, you need to watch it. So Alright, do another one. Um yeah I'll do I'll I'll run through a couple more here real quick. Um so the next one I saw was Possum. I saw that one a couple days after we recorded I think there's only one or two movies from 2018 now that are on my list that I haven't seen. Uh, Possum was one of them. That's 2018? Yes. Yeah, oh, no. It is 20, thinking, Possum is 2018. Yes. Of Husk. Yeah. No. This one was on a couple lists. It's kind of uh, a little bit under the radar. The name and the cover art or the poster whatever, art was poster cool art. as fuck. Yeah, but it doesn't really. This movie, I will just say, this movie is extremely different from anything you would ever expect. Yeah. So I'm not going to give anything away. I will say that it is psychological for the most part. It's going to keep you guessing, and it is an extremely, extremely, extreme slow burn where. The movie, it's 85 minutes, so it's not a long running time, but it seems long because it takes 75 minutes to get to the horror. Where, well, yeah. not really the horror, because it does a good job with 
atmosphere, I guess. This is a very, very uh, great example of an atmospheric movie. So I would consider this horror, even though um, it might not be horror and what a lot of people would, I guess. Have you ever seen It Comes at Night? I would say I would yeah. put this in the same vein as It Comes at Night. Mm. Some people don't think it's horror. Some do. But I would the, consider It Comes at Night horror, but... You would or wouldn't? I would. Yeah. But I don't so, like that slow. Yeah, this is very, very similar to It Comes at Night. Uh, but it does pay off at the end. I gave this one a 7. So, you know, it was all right. All right. Another one I saw is Quarantine. So this one is maybe maybe more uh, recognized as Wreck, yeah. the Spanish movie. So Wreck as far as in recorded. So this is a remake of This Wreck. is a remake, yep. This one has Jennifer Carpenter, Carpenter, who I can only explain as Dexter's sister in the Dexter movies. Uh, Exorcism, Emily Rose. Oh, yes. She was Emily Rose in Exorcism. Actually, she was in another movie that we did, too. I remember. She has that creepy kind of look to yeah. her, too. I mean, not in this. I think this is supposed to be like the yeah. cute reporter. Right. Uh, yep. Um, and she was also in. She was Dexter's sister and she was Emily Rose. Oh, wow. I can't remember what it was. But Jay Hernandez is in, is in this and he's most notable probably for um, Hostel. Drunk Darius, his favorite movie genre, the torture porn. Oh, I love it. But I, I love this movie and. Oh, man, I feel bad saying this, but I've never seen the original. I've never seen Wreck or Wreck 2 or anything. So I can only hope that they're as good as this. But I gave this one a 9. This is an older movie. This movie is over 10 years old. It's a 2008. But this is a prime example of what you need to do to make a phenomenal um, POV or uh, found footage. Found footage and it's a zombie movie kind of infection yeah actually yeah it is zombie yep you can say zombie for sure i gotta tell you i do love this movie i think a lot of people shit on it because they do apparently rack is really good but this yeah. movie is really good it you is know good. And, and and i wonder now too because i i do kind of have the stigma or you know i we'll get into this because we're going to talk about this in some kind of segment or discussion topic but i am a huge fan of remakes and i do think a lot of remakes do better yeah especially uh, like the old third ones i guess right. Rack probably they hold up better yeah <coughs> texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> um oh oh shoot, did he just words. go there i know oh god all right we just lost half our listenership right now so we're before, down to before, two now. Yeah, before <laughs> before you 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 uh, write us off, you got to hear us out on it, anyways. But anyways, no quarantine, excellent movie. Check it out. It is a scary movie. It's a legitimately scary movie. Two thousand eight. It holds up. It's phenomenal. Go ahead with one. Okay, I watched Dude Bro Massacre three. Oh, love it. I've heard of it. It sounds amazing. I love the title. It's. Yeah, the it, movie is it, as good as the title is. Yeah, it's exactly as good yep. as the title is. This is exactly. I've what never seen expect. it, but I know I can. I can already tell. Yeah, it's like um, try tries to do like bro comedy, which can be done okay. Like uh, there's can a sh- or can't. It can. Okay. There's a show called uh, the real, the real bros of Simi Valley. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's pretty fucking funny, but it's real. They're all bros. Like 
this is like trying to be Animal House or American Pie type. It's some of it's funny. Like this is actually the first movie. The reason why it's called oh, Dude Bro Party Massacre Three is the first one. Yes, I had a chance to watch this and I didn't because I was like, "Fuck, I got to see the first two. Well, they explain real quick. The guy's talking to his therapist and he's like, "Oh, when that happened two years ago, when all these people got murdered, he's like, yeah, but you guys flooded a whole town and murdered like four thousand people. I'm like, yeah, that was a good prank, bro. <laughs> like." Anyways, to kind of explain it, there's two prior massacres, and they kill off the two killers from before. It's like, oh, wait, she has a daughter. And it's like, oh, wait, she has a twin sister, like the main murderer. Yeah. And then the main guy gets killed off right away, but turns out he has a twin brother. So when he comes into town, everyone thinks it's him. Oh, God. And then it's just, just a, a dumb, stupid, dumb, cheesy fun. slasher. Is it fun at least? It, it's somewhat fun, but you oh. just hate the character so much. Yeah. I, except for the main guys. I feel like you kind of are meant to when it's called Dude Bro. Yes. They're just trying to be Animal House too much. Like, yeah. who's the main guy from Animal House? Belushi? Yes. There's a guy that is obviously trying to yeah. be him. It looks a lot, a lot like him. <clears throat> I don't know. I get it. A four, three point five. It's wor- It's not worth a watch at all. Don't watch it. I'm gonna you're watch for it now. Dumbass movie. To. But yeah, all right. Oh, man. Uh, next up, I have is Super Eight, 2011 movie. Again, in the same vein. It's it, it's kind of like uh, Cloverfield meets like. Stand by me slash it slash uh, Goonies, I guess. Yeah, so. this is actually a pretty good movie. I don't know, it's borderline horror, I'd say, but Cloverfield is a good comparison. Yeah. I, think. I mean, this is it's this a, is as much of a horror movie as you can get with the PG thirteen rating in this type of movie because it is a creature feature. I mean, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It is a J.J. Abrams movie, so oh, I it guess. is. I thought it was a Spielberg. No, this one's J.J. Abrams, so that's why, you know, that does have a lot of the the feel of, of a um, Cloverfield movie. But, I mean, if you don't know, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but it is a creature feature, and it's a fairly large creature, so it's difficult to have a creature feature movie like this and, and, and not have them just crushing and eating and devouring people. I mean, there are some pretty gruesome parts, parts I guess, as far as you can get with the PG-13. But it's not really a scary movie. It's just more of like a... I mean, there's some comedy in it. There's actually some really good acting. It's my, a really good movie. I can't believe more people have yeah, actually heard of this. I liked it. I liked it. I, my favorite actor in this is the chubby kid that's like the main director in the movie, and I did some research on him, and he is, like, in college right now um, playing football for, like, Montana State University. No shit. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you're a really good actor. Like, I hope you get back into acting after you're done playing football. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of kid actors actors, are good, and they don't turn out Yeah, I mean, he he was pretty good, so it was was pretty fun. Um, The main female in this was... Oh, man, her sister, she's part of a family that's in... I don't have my phone on me, so I can't even look it up. The blonde chick in it. Um, 
Ellie Fanning. Yes, Fanning. Yeah, she's a Fanning. Yep. So like Dakota Fanning? Well, Dakota's her older sister. I think Ellie's the younger one. Right, but I'm saying they're related. Yes, yeah, yeah. Ellie Fanning, that's who it was. But no, it was a really good movie. It was well acted, and I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I gave it a seven point five. It's it's a it's a good movie. It is, and uh, so Super Eight is a type of camera. Yes, right. Yes, so, Super Eight, like eight millimeter film. So yeah, so it's a bunch of kids. They try to one of them gets a camera, and they're trying to make their own movie. They end up capturing. Yeah, like, they're 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 in like the Midwest ish. I think closer to like Pennsylvania, but in like what the fifties or something. I don't know. No, I would say probably. 70s yeah kind of guess but it's not today no but they um are trying to get a movie in a the ohio film festival right so they're filming a movie and and they accidentally you know, capture some yeah stuff. there's i guess the the main the only thing you really need to know if you i'm, I'm surprised i'd be surprised if nobody's heard of this movie or or seen it i feel like a lot of people haven't really yeah so you get this group of kids that are probably middle school age and they one of the kids is pretty smart and he's wanting to get a movie a zombie, he's making a zombie movie that he wants to put into the Ohio Film Festival. Well, they're out shooting, and there's a train. Uh, go, they're at a, a train station goes by. The train gets derailed. Someone caused it to derail. You find out what happens. But there's a monster creature, alien. We'll just say one of those yeah. three is in this category. So it's about the thing um terrorizing a town kids trying to survive yeah it's a really fun movie it really is it's a good movie check it out i gave it a 7.5 i mean it's a 2011 movie jj abrams i would say this is one of the earlier movies that you know before he got real popular so the next one i have uh the next two i have i saw them on net or not netflix on sci-fi and i recorded them and you know this is what I get for trying to watch a horror movie that's a sci-fi original. The first one is called They Found Hell. It's from 2015. It's rated PG-13. It's 87 minutes long. This movie was absolutely atrocious. Um, if you want, all of my movies that I, I see, I put on my Letterboxd. So if you guys have Letterboxd, check us out. Drunk Darius is on there as well as Boss Tuna. I gave a little bit more of an in-depth review, but They Found Hell was absolute hell it was trash like i i felt like i found hell the yeah. night i found this movie like oh titles fitting because there's hell right exactly now. there's not a lot of movies that i haven't finished since i started doing this podcasting show i could probably count on one hand how many movies i haven't been able to finish and this is one of them i gave this a 0.5 it was absolutely a point five. A point five. This I did might not have to watch even, it just because of that. This did not even earn a full star because I couldn't watch it. The CGI in this was so bad. It was like I was, you know, watching cutscenes from my regular Nintendo days. I mean, it was bad. It was so bad, like I, I wanna know how a movie like this gets made. Like, how do you let this slip by? How how does somebody look at this and be like, you know what? We did it. Let's let's put it out. <laughs> Kind of thing. someone it probably costs a couple of million dollars at least to make too. Who's I put money in that? I fucking hope not. What really gets me is the PG thirteen rating. If you're gonna well, make it's, a, it's a sci-fi original, if you're gonna make a bad 
cheesy horror movie at least put some nudity in it like make that rated r you know the thing too is is with the money cg is expensive to do with the money that they spend on doing cgi you could do practical effects and even if it looks like practical effects from the 70s it's going to be better than the most atrocious um I and like I gotta, practical effects way better than most I got to do my next review too at the same time because there's a difference. So the next one, I'll call you. The movie's called Stickman. Same thing. It was. Uh, it's a 2017, however, 86 minutes, PG-13, and it's another sci-fi original. This one was still kind of bad, but they took more of a Jaws-like approach to the CGI, so you didn't really see much short clips. Yes. Exactly. You didn't really see much of it, and it didn't. So, for example, and they found hell, all I saw was shit flying around, demons and monsters in the worst fucking CGI possible. It was like, it was it was hurting my head just thinking about it. This one, you had one creature, and they did a really good job as far as not, they would only show it for a split second, or they'd only show parts and pieces of it, and it was really dark. There were times, obviously, that you saw more of it, and it was really bad CGI. But this movie was really, as far as an original sci-fi movie goes, it was pretty good. I mean, overall, I gave it a four, which is not worth checking out. But I literally watched, I watched like a half hour of They Found Hell, and I was like, I'm done. Like, it was like 8.30, yeah. and I was like, I'm not watching another movie tonight. So I watched this one the next night, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this one through just because it's that much better than the last one. So that was Stickman. I still, four. I still wouldn't recommend it, but, I mean, for a sci-fi original, it was pretty decent. I will say this. uh, Sci-fi is known for being bad movies i think they do have and that bad cgi that too. tv show i forget what it's called it's based off the creepypastas channel zero or something apparently oh, yeah. that's pretty good and they did just put out the new leprechaun movie oh that that was sci-fi that did the new leprechaun movie yes leprechaun returns or whatever yeah and i heard really? I, I heard it was that. pretty decent yes I, I yes think, i did too i think maybe i saw one like tales to the hood or from the hood or something huh. but fun fact first movie jennifer aniston was ever in was leprechaun the original one yeah but yeah apparently it's pretty good so maybe their production quality is gonna be going up they got that i don't know i mean stick man was 2017 and they found hell was 2015 so i mean they gotta put out trash most of the time right all right is that all do you have any other ones or well i got two two more we'll spit one out Okay, both of these are documentaries, and they are kind of on the same topic. The first one is about my second favorite pedophile, after Victor DeSalvo, and it is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson documentary? Yeah. Really? It's called Finding Neverland. Okay. And it is dark as fuck. I actually did watch the first two episodes because I couldn't do any more. Oh, it's like a multiple episode? Yeah, I think it's on HBO. Okay. But there's a couple of victims on there, and they're talking about how he's like 
like in little boys bottles and stuff oh my God. right like it was too horrific for me holy shit at first when you started talking about this i was like well i'm waiting to see how it ties into horror but okay i see yeah it was weird <laughs> as fuck but good and the parents of the kids just seem so fucking stupid but we don't have there's no michael jackson anymore like at the time he's probably the most famous person in the world yeah. like Johnny Depp's pretty popular, but so is fucking Henry Zabrowski. Or, like, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. like, there's a lot more famous people now. At the time, he was it. Everyone trusted him. I don't know if he was a eunuch. He was a weird eck. Oh, that's for sure. Did you hear that? Like, his dad had him chemically castrated so he could keep his... I didn't know. His high-pitched voice. I don't know. But it's a, it's a weird-ass fucking show. Justin Timberlake has a high-pitched voice, and he's dating Jessica Biel, so... That's true. God, if he's a eunuch, I feel sorry that she's not getting... Well, apparently... He's serviced or... Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but it's a weird-ass movie. Yeah. That is weird. I don't I don't have a rating for it. I, It's well-produced. So I'd give it a seven, but it was too disturbing for me too to finish. To finish yeah. So you just had to finish in your bed later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. after watching okay. some moonwalking videos and then <laughs> finished. Okay, the next one I have, I am excited to talk about, is called I Spit on Your Grave. And I am talking about the 2010 remake. It is rated R, 108 I'm- minutes. Seen the original? I have not seen the original. Okay. Have you seen the original? No, I haven't seen it either. I, I want to see the original, but again, I am skeptical. I should have seen the original before I saw this, but I gave this one an 8.75. This movie is awesome. Oh, cool. I will say that this movie is probably... I can't say it's the most brutal, but I would bet it's in the top three most brutal movies I've seen in the last few years. For just r- rape scene or the revenge? Both. Yeah. Yeah, both. Particularly the revenge, really. I mean, yeah. the rape scene was whatever, but I mean, it, you didn't really get a C. Oh, so. you didn't get to see. Or you, you didn't, didn't have to see. No, you didn't get to see. <laughs> but no, the revenge was pretty. I mean, kudos to whoever was part of the. I mean, they were very, very um, unique. And they were well thought out revenge. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was, but yeah, I mean, there it was really kind of uncomfortable, I guess, as well too. Just with, um, I mean, obviously the rape scene was pretty fucking gnarly. Too. Right, I try to avoid these movies, but. but this one is absolutely worth it because the payoff with the revenge. It's kind of difficult because this movie, um, man, I should be reading my letterbox review because I reviewed this right after. I always review on letterbox right after I see it so it's fresh. Ironically, the lead, the female lead in this was like the worst actor in the movie, but um, the bad guys were awesome. Like the sheriff, the acting of the sheriff was phenomenal and, and one of the bad guys was just awesome. He did a really, really fantastic job. But, I mean, I think part of the reason I like this movie so much was just because it was so brutal. I mean, it was very, 
rewarding, I guess. So part of you is like almost wanting to feel sorry for these guys, but then you're like, oh, wait a second, 20 minutes ago they just yeah. did this. So, I mean, yeah, th- this is a very good movie. 8.75, I Spit on Your Grave, the remake. I will watch the original and let you know how I think of that, but okay, yeah, this one was pretty solid. And then you got one left, I'll do one more. And then yeah, I one left, so. Touch on that. Uh, in the movie that just came out last year, Revenge. Yes. It's kind of like this, or like The Last House on the Left, where she is raped. And then she gets her revenge, but... Yeah. It was a really good movie, really great, but I feel like her kills weren't satisfying enough. I feel like she could have tortured him more. In revenge? Yeah, but I don't know how she like possibly could have done it, but... Oh, yeah. But I'm, she could have had him like, tied up, tortured him a little bit more. It would have been a little satisfying. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think of revenge when I was rating this. And I just turned to look, and I rated Revenge an 8, which is exactly where it needs to be. And I rated this one 8.75, which is exactly where this one needs to Man. be. So, okay. Yep, so I was spot on with my rating. And I was so wanting to rate this a little bit higher, but, you know, the uh, there, I just was... P- part of it, too, I was like, why did they pick... Because this, this actress is not very well known and she's not really been in anything more TV than anything else. But then again, I'm thinking like, there's probably not a lot of actresses that want to jump in and play a role like this. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, forever actresses and actors alike want to avoid horror movies. Cause it was like, true. They weren't taken seriously, even though a lot of them got their starts in horror movies. Looking at you, Johnny Depp. She did a terrible job, but the movie overall was really good. Uh, the next one I'll go to before Drunk Darius uh, slips in with his final one is called Rubber. Have you ever heard of this movie? It's a tire that kills people? Yes. I've never seen it, but I know about it, yeah. So, P.S., I love Shudder. I love Shudder. Shudder's awesome. You it's worth what's like five bucks a month yeah, or something. Yeah, it is fucking It's worth, worth it. it. So I saw this, and there's a category on Shutter called "Not on Netflix." So I've just been, I, I I've been, you know, just working that over. Yeah, hardcore. I, I, it's I was going to use an adjective find... that was that was going to be very uh, insulting. So I'm glad I didn't. But <laughs> I, I've I've been You're about to be racist right now. Oh, not racist. But you heard it here. Boss Tuna is a racist. No, <laughs> I was. I I've been beating that up pretty good that uh, category but I saw rubber on there it's a 2011 rated R 82 minute it comes in really short god this is this I wrote in my letterbox too this is probably the most difficult movie to review since I've been actually having to do like reviews because it is like what the fuck am I watching what is it first off this comes off as the most pretentious art house movie ever the guy... The whole movie does? Yes, the whole fucking movie. And it is very meta, too. Um, I like meta. This right here... Oh, man. So, with his camera work, like part of me is like, man, there's some really good, clever shots. But part of me is like, this guy is just a pompous fucking prick. But it, the movie is just goofy. I can't even explain it. It, it kind of reminds... I, I can only say it's like a mix of... Uh, it's like a rated R version of Maximum Overdrive is all I can tell you. I mean... No one knows what that is. Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King movie. 
I'm sure you've seen that. Mm, no. Then then you're going to know. have no idea what this movie is. All I can say, I gave it a five and a half. It's got really good practical effects. It's got some scenes that weren't funny to me, but I can see where people would find some pretty good humor in it. Yeah. But it is so fucking weird. It is literally about a tire that fucking kills people. Yeah. And so there's no rhyme or reason for it. That's what I thought it was. It was like a slasher, but the main bad guy is a rolling tire. Yeah, it's weird. It is fucking weird. Which I, I thought that sounds straight comedy, but you say art house. Turns me off a little bit. I, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, this is like the definition of an independent film yeah, right here. There's probably like some underlining meaning that we're supposed yeah, to get. I, I don't really know. Maybe I'm not using the term art house right, but man, that's what it came off to me as. I'm glad I watched it just because I felt like this like opened a door in horror that I haven't opened ever before. <laughs> so I like the oddities. Yeah. So five and a half rubber. I don't know. It's on shutter. All right. Do what you will. What's your last one? Okay. This is also a pedophile movie. This is on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. Yes, I have been waiting. to. I, I need to see this. And it is legitimately it is terrifying. It is fucked up. And you will hate the parents so much in this movie. And I... At least they're honest about what happened. But a lot of people are like... Oh, they didn't know any better. Oh, man. I don't know. It really... It's like a gears. season, right? It's. No, I think it's only one movie. Oh, is it really? Maybe it's a few episodes. Okay, but it's not, it's a Netflix original. Yeah. It's just this guy. He's in the same church as them. He's their neighbor, and they just trust him so much, and he just manipulates everyone in the family. Okay. Oh man, I can't even say the one scene that is the most fucked up scene. Has something to do with the dad and him. Oh. Don't he, ruin it. I I'm not going this. to. It is just fucked up. It's a fucked up movie, but it's really good. I'll give it a nine. Really? I did hear a lot of buzz about it. It's fucked up, man. It's is it a movie or it's a documentary? It's a documentary. It's a true, based on true shit. Yes, and like everyone that it happened to is there besides the main bad guy. So the, all you're getting all their interviews and stuff. Man. I'll check it out for sure. It's fucking dark. The last one is um, the number one movie I was looking forward to talking about this entire podcast. And that is called I Saw the Devil. It's a 2010 Korean movie. movie, And it is subtitled, but it is worth it. It's the only flaw. I gave it an 8.75. It's phenomenal. I so wanted to give this a 9, 9 and a quarter, 9 and a half. But the only flaw is that it is fucking long. It is long. Uh, but it's one of those where I feel that if you didn't have to sit and read subtitles the whole time, that you could be a little bit more engaged. Because, I mean, most of these movies, I don't know if it's just the ones that are good or the ones that we see but for me it seems like most of these 
indie or these uh, foreign films are fucking long as hell. Like, oh, I seen well, like Mama Monsters. Know, that was long. There was a lot of dialogue. It was like, oh my god. In the Wailing, which you need to see, that movie is phenomenal. Yeah, and that movie is over two and a half hours too. Damn. Yes, but this movie was awesome. Um, I saw. I, I watched this because I recently heard someone say it was on their like top ten of all time horror movies and this one is one of those where I mean I've got a pretty loose definition of horror but I it, it's tough to call it horror um and I and and if you have no idea what this movie is about and you're only looking at the title I am not going to even give you a fucking snippet of what it's about because I don't want to okay put anything in your head and I would encourage you not reading anything but it's very fucked up it just is, by the title. It it, it's like horror. emotional. It's, um, and, and I will say that the, the main bad guy in this is like one of my all time favorite actors or cool. performances. I will say, I've no, no idea who the fuck he is. I probably couldn't pronounce his name anyways, but the way he carries himself and the way he portrayed his character in this movie was was flawless. I mean, it was probably one of the best performances I've seen in many years for at least an antagonist. That's saying something. Yes. If you don't speak the language. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just because, I mean, that was part of it too, is, is, you know, you, you can't understand what the fuck they're saying. So you're paying it. I mean, obviously you're trying to catch up and stay on top of the subtitles, but then you're noticing, I mean, I didn't know what he was saying, but I was able to like, you know, I guess watch him more and I was very impressed with you know the one thing the, the main actor was eh decent but the main antagonist was a, he was a fucking magician on screen it was awesome this movie is very good 8.75 and honestly I would probably if, if I didn't have to fucking read subtitles for over two like two and a half hours um, you know this one's probably closer to nine and a quarter nine and a half i mean it was it was awesome i would i would put this at the top of your list and that's on netflix right uh this one is on shutter okay i've seen it on something yeah yeah i would say that as far as far as a foreign film this needs to be on the top of your list this one and train to busan we should do a whole episode about foreign films Maybe after we watch more than like seven each. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree. Have you seen a, The Audition is one I want to see? No, I heard that one's really good. I heard it's really gruesome that too. One's, that one's only a couple years old. Yeah. So that wraps up. Do you have, is it, was that, do you have another? Yeah, you're all done. I'm good. Yeah, that wraps up Shotgun Reviews. Folks, we had some really good flicks in that. So write them down, check them out. But we are going to get into... I guess our second feature review. So anything to add before we start talking about devil? It's her. Get in there already. Who are you? No. All right, Mark Sargent. We are talking about (laughs) Devil 2010. It is PG-13. This is a short movie clocking in at 80 minutes. What do you think this got on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes? I will tell you this one did quite a bit better on IMDb than Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how. 
let's say six on IMDb and thirty on Rotten Tomatoes. Six point two and fifty-two. Oh, okay. Yep. This one, guess what the budget of this movie was? Who did it? Ridley Scott. No. J.J. Abrams. This was. Um, oh, Shyamalan. Shyamalan. But he was more of like a producer kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to say 20 million. Close, 18. What do you think it grossed in just the U.S.? Just the U.S., not the world. 162.6. Okay. This was directed by John Eric Dowdle. He, ironically enough, we just talked about him, but he's got some pretty decent horror creds for director. Um, he did direct No Escape, which I think we should talk about that just for a second. Do you know what that No Escape movie is? Yeah, it's a good movie. That's the one with... Um, Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah, the wow guy. And is that a horror movie? I mean, Jay of the Dead. Uh, that's what I'm horror, getting. Yes, that's what I'm going to talk. I don't think it's horror. No, I don't even think it's even close to fucking horror. That I didn't realize that until just like one of the last episodes I listened to of horror movie podcast yeah i saw this one you know when it first came out movies like four or five years old probably yeah it's a few years and i was old. like that I, I didn't didn't even come across as horror to me at all but yeah like, jay the dead it's like his all-time favorite horror movie i was like what it's like if panic room that's not a horror yeah. movie but it's like calling that a horror movie panic room it's probably even closer panic to room, horror yeah panic room i could see an argument for but no, he directed uh, No Escape. He directed As Above, So Below. Both and, solid movies. Yes. And he directed Quarantine. Oh, shit. You better believe that. So, what's this arrow I wrote here? Doesn't matter. I can't fucking read anyways. The story is by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so, I think he was a producer and did the story on it as well. Clearly, if after so you know there's going to be some twists. Yeah, some twists. Yeah, it makes sense. His movies are so, I mean, they've got so much personality. You, anyone who's actually a movie bus and has seen some movies, you, you don't need to tell them it's a fucking M. Night Shyamalan movie after they watch it. Because just, he's so unique with his twists. You know what I really like is uh, Signs. I do too. I feel like he gets a shit on a lot. But In the village. Uh, honestly, village I like good. pretty much all of his movies. I loved The Happening, even though that was just the weirdest fucking movie ever, and people said it was the dumbest ending. I love that one. Eh, the, okay. uh, the Is that visit, the Marky Mark one? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, even The Visit, I thought that was awesome. The Village? Or was he did The Visit, yeah, too? Yeah, The Visit. Oh, cool. I love The Visit. Yeah, The Visit, The Village. The only ones that I can't really remember are Lady in the Water. But I'll rewatch that one. That was him, too. Is that, I think, is that based off a book or something? No, it's... Well, I don't know. Is that it's, the John Cusack? I'm like Shyamalan. I don't remember. Yeah, all right. But I'll check it out. But yeah, I mean, it's The Sixth Sense, um, you know, Unbreakable. Glass. Glass. Yes. So, yeah, he's he's pretty legit. Um, the story was by M. Night Shyamalan. This uh, starred Chris Messina. Um, I don't really... I mean, he was the detective. Caroline Davins was Elsa. Uh, she was in Hannibal. I mean, a lot of these people didn't really have a lot of horror creds besides... Uh, well, there's two, really. 
So, Bokeem Woodbine was the guard. He was the black guy. Okay. He was in Wishmaster 2 and more recently Overlord. Okay, yeah. And then you have Logan Marshall Green, who is a stud, and he is very recognizable in the horror, horror realm. He was most recently in Upgrade, the main guy in Upgrade. Okay. Yep. So, he was also in The Invitation. So, he was the main guy with the beard and Oh, he was? Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yep. He was also in Prometheus. And then the last guy, I almost didn't write him down, but I was like, I have to because we already talked about him. But he was the security guard, the older security guard in the um, room, in the security room, not the Mexican guy, Matt Craven. He was in Jacob's Ladder. Who was he in Jacob's Ladder? He was the um, he was the one he, that he met at the end of the movie in the warehouse. Like he was uh, when the main uh, what tells his name the main character went to the warehouse at the end of the movie and he was the guy wearing the green jacket. That was Matt. Crack. Okay. Uh, so. The Mexican security guard. Who was he? Um, I didn't write anything down, so I don't think he was really. In He's not. I thought he was. Um, the dude from. Uh, Oh, the Mexican guys and everything's funny. Michael Pena. No, that's not Michael I know Pena. it's not him, but no. I thought it was him for a while. No. Nope, not Michael Pena. His name's Jacob Vargas. Jacob Vargas. But there's a lot of people in this movie that you will recognize, but you have no idea what their name is. Like, they've no. been in stuff, but you don't know who they are. Yeah, I mean, because this movie really, for the most part, focuses on just a, a few central characters, really. So... Um, so last episode I talked about why I chose this movie because this movie came out in 2010 and I watched it in 2010. I gave the whole story about when I was in my basement room and whatever. Yeah. It, it scared the shit out of me, partly because of, you know, the bat doing hot laps above my face. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, the atmosphere was set. Same thing when I watched this one. I did make sure um, I started this one later at night. I killed all the lights and, um, you know, I made sure that the mood was set in this. So the critics also really praised this movie and they gave it high props on its atmosphere and performances. But ironically, they did not like the uh, short runtime and the convoluted story. When have you ever heard a uh, critic saying that the movie's too short? It's almost always the movie's too long. Oh, you could have easily cut 5, 10, however many minutes out. Yeah. So I thought that was weird. And then the convoluted story, which... What about the story was convoluted? This movie did exactly what every mystery-style movie does, is they keep you guessing until the end. So what the fuck was convoluted? That's what it, yeah, it meant to be. Oh, no, it's this guy. Oh, no, it's this guy. Yeah. Like, wait a second. It's this guy. Which I don't know how you can... That's exactly what the entire movie's about. What are you talking about? How's that... Yeah. I convoluted. That's the entire plot of the movie. It's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, a movie like this, if they say convoluted, should be a, a you know, a good thing. We're like, oh, yeah. Well, it was hard to figure out exactly what was going on until the end. Right. This was intended to be the first of a trilogy. Clearly, that never happened. That kind of fell through, so... I mean, unless it's still kind of in the back burner or, or whatnot, but I know that there's other stories 
um, that Shemalamalan had, but it just, they've never come to fruition. So this one, normally I'm not a big guy on score and soundtrack or whatever, but this one I thought did an excellent job. And, and we'll get into the rating here. Actually, we'll just talk about the rating right now. So this one, even though it was rated a PG-13, I really feel that this is one of the very few or rare instances where you could argue that a rated R rating wouldn't have really done anything to this movie. No, it's not about that. It's not. You could have thrown some cursing in there, but that wouldn't have done anything. You could have thrown some nudity, but where the fuck would you have thrown the nudity? And then the gore. How would you have done the gore? Because the whole point of this movie was everything happening at dark and you weren't able to see anything. Right. It was a mystery. So I really do feel like, you know what? This is one of those very rare instances where I don't think it would have made a difference if it was R or PG-13. You know, the only difference maybe with the gore or whatever in the after math cursing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't Nothing know. worth changing the movie. I don't think it would have yeah, I don't think it would have benefited the movie, which is, you know, kind of weird. Uh but anyways, no, the score, um I actually wrote that down because I thought it was phenomenal. It did a really good job. And this is, you know, what we talked about earlier. This is a great example of <clears throat> a movie that, you know, horror in broad daylight. Um sets the tone because it's not a very nice day out and it starts raining and then boom you're in the elevator so it's daylight but you're trapped in elevator and it's all about light yeah i love movies with narrators yeah yeah he's this guy telling a story the whole time yep the score on this one was done by fernando uh velasquez and i was like part of me was like god this guy is really good i wonder you know what else he did and i checked it out so he also did marrowbone which we talked about he did the orphanage which i've never seen but i heard is a phenomenal movie um he did uh, crimson peak um which is a couple years old but is you know i like that movie quite a bit too i so. hated that movie you don't like crimson peak no it was different but i kind of liked it it was a guillermo del toro yeah so it was all about imagery but whatever and I'm hit and miss with him. So Pan's Labyrinth, I couldn't get into. Yeah. There's another big one. Um, so I guess that's all I got. Let's uh, let's get into this. Devil 2010. I hope you guys sleep good tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm not very religious, but this movie said that. is very religious. I would say, and it kind of, it almost makes the devil look like, ah, I know, I I wrote this down. What am I trying to say? Like, don't do bad things. It almost makes the devil have pity. Yeah, like, don't do bad things. not pity, but, like, moral. Yes. It almost makes it seem like the devil's got a moral compass, which is ridiculous. Well, and if you do bad things, the devil's going to get you, which you would think the devil's a bad dude. So if you do bad things, Ex- yeah, he wants exactly. you to keep doing bad yep. things. That's what I'm saying is, is like the devil's got a moral compass. The movie almost makes it seem like he's out there to punish people that did bad things. Well, yeah, it's and, very like a uh, saw 
Yeah. Like the jigsaw yeah. killer. And that comes in at the end too, which, yeah, that, that is the one main gripe I had was like, the ending didn't make sense because I thought about that too. I was like, like oh, wait a second. You think you'd be giving him a high five or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so we have, there are three security guards in this movie. So might get a little confusing, but our main narrator is this is the Hispanic Mexican. security yeah. guard. And he's, he's narrating the whole time where he's telling a story about the story. His mom used to tell him about how the devil would come and trap certain people. But it starts out with a quote. I think it's from the Bible. I don't know. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking when he may devour. And then, so that kind of kicks it off. And we see... Oh, then he... He starts telling the story about what his mom used to tell him about how the devil would trap a bunch of people and I don't know, murder them off one by one, but he would hide among them as one of them. Yeah. So he looks like a human, which is basically the entire, the whole plot of the movie. Yes. It's a whole premise. I think it's kind of dumb, but it works for the movie. Uh, oh, the story always begins with a suicide, ends with the deaths of all people involved. And then cut to, we see a body laying on a truck, like someone committed suicide. They jumped out of a building. Yep. Uh, then we see our main detective, and he's talking to his alcohol AA sponsor about the struggles with quitting drinking and stuff. Uh, we find out his family was killed by a drunk driver and it was a hit and run hit and run yep. and he just left a little note that said i'm sorry and um, car wash five dollar car wash gift cards and the detective keeps this little note in his pocket which this all comes into play yeah. there's a bunch of foreshadowing everything this, this is a sh- this is an m like Shyamalan movie so we're gonna do our best to explain what goes on but if you've ever seen one of his movies you know there's it's like an onion. There's layers and layers and layers. So Yes. Okay. Well, this detective is the first one to come and investigate the suicide. And somehow he's the only one smart enough to realize, like, this guy didn't jump out of the four-story building that the truck is parked next to. And he walks down the street a little bit. He's like, oh, here's glass right here. Oh, he must have jumped from this building. And it was a skyscraper. Yeah, it was a skyscraper. It was a tall-ass building. He had just got on the scene. How did no one figure that out yet? That that was the building that they jumped out of? Doesn't matter. Anyway, so they go into the skyscraper, and we start kind of meeting our characters. The camera's panning over from person to person. We get our security guard, the black one, not... Not that race matters, but we have three security guards. Yeah. A black guy, a Mexican, and a white guy. So yep. and, and and we'll call him the main one, and he is uh also brand new on the job. So yeah, it's like his first we'll day just say or something. Yeah. Uh then we get There's uh, a cute chick, there's a younger guy, the younger and there's the mechanic. Well there's like the a old lady. A dewy looking guy. 
Yeah. I would say I don't want to <laughs> yeah. say Dewey, but he's obviously got oh, like, he's the curly guy, hair. The schnozzleberries taste like schnozzleberries. Yes, he is. He yes, is. No, he's in, in uh, uh, Super, Super Troopers. Troopers. Yeah, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's an asshole. So we we get that right off the bat. That he's kind of a they dick. They do a very good job as far as kind of you know stereotyping, I guess. Yeah, certain characters like this is what this character is in this movie. Yeah, this guy's a dick. This yeah, this is a hot chick. Yeah. This is an old lady. This is the quiet, but you think he's smart kind of guy. And well, yeah. Okay, so we have five characters that are going to be on this elevator: the security guard, the Jewy dude, the old lady. Jewy's not racist, right? I don't know. The old it lady, <laughs> the attractive younger lady, and some generic quiet dude, which is the dude from Logan Marshall Green. Yes. So they get on the elevator. Elevator gets stuck. And they're trying to get the black security guard, like, don't you work here? Like, what can you do? He's like, I don't know. It's my first day. And so security sends one of their maintenance guys to go work on it. And people in the elevator start bickering right away. And I will say the dialogue is really good in the elevator. And particularly, was this the first time watched for you? No. Okay. Particularly with the old woman. She is a fucking bitch. I'll she tell is. you what. She's like, get it working. Like, yeah, bitch she's a it. fucking bitch. But yeah, I, I guess you could say like a typical stuffy old, old lady. Fucking twat. Yeah. Yeah. Her and the, the one guy. I don't want to say Jewy guy again. Yeah. We need a better word for that. Just the schnozzleberry the guy. The schnozzleberry guy. He's a real dick. So we yeah. get their dicks. Then there's the generic dude who's real quiet and he's not really Gatic. saying anything. Yeah. And then. The attractive lady kind of chirps in a little bit, but she's not really mean. Just a little flustered. But it, it, it is cool how it starts off, and you've got each of these characters playing their suspected role. Yeah. The, but like, there's good dialogue that goes on to kind of... Well, they're all each very obvious characters. And then yes. slowly as the movie goes on, we kind of figure out there's more to what you're seeing. Uh, so... Elevator lights go off. Then we hear the old lady say, Get off of me! And then the lights come on. And we see it was this... Key- the security guard guy was grabbing her and find out he has a phobia of the dark. Tight space is claustrophobic, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the lights, or being in the dark. Well, his brother locked him in something yes. or another. And I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quick and say that if you have not seen this movie, this is a really good movie. It's a Shyamalan movie, so it does pay off. It's only 80 minutes. The twist does pay off at the end. So I would say if you've never seen this movie, then you probably want to watch it before listening to this. Because For sure. we are going to ruin it. And it is worth it to see where the story and the twist goes. So, well, The first time I watched it, I had no idea. I don't think I did either. Uh, you know, obviously watching it again, you, you're paying attention a lot more. But yeah, the first time I watched it, I had no fucking idea what was going on. Especially since yeah, the twist is pretty... I'm not gonna it's say it's a unique yeah. movie, but yeah. Well, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, okay, so every time the lights go off and they come back on, you think it's someone else. But anyways, lights come back on. Black dude's grabbing the old lady, so now everyone thinks he's a creeper. Uh, 
some song keeps playing over the speakers and they're like shut the music off but the security guards can see them but they can't hear them and like the the white and the Mexican dude can see them but can't hear them so but the people in the elevator can hear the security guards but the music keeps playing, so they're trying to tell them to shut the music yeah. off because it's annoying. I don't know if they, I don't remember what song it was or if it had anything to do with the remember. plot. It's not. I don't think it was. Well, actually, I didn't really look, but you know how, for example, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, how, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but how, I don't that think played it. In. I don't think it. Was I don't think it has anything to do with it. No. Uh, then we see the maintenance guys underneath the elevator shafts looking at him and an elevator drops, almost crushes him and gets away. It's fine. Uh, lights go out again in the elevator. Lights come back in and the attractive lady is bleeding from her back like someone. She says it felt like someone bit her in the back and they pull her shirt up and she's bleeding. They go to... Schnozberry's guy and he has blood on his hands and he's like I was just trying to help her I didn't I didn't do it you know but they all think he's the creeper now not the security guard it jumps around a lot like this um yeah it's 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 difficult to um explain if you haven't seen it but I will say that it does a very good job cutting back and forth between what's going on in the elevator and right. them not being able to talk to each other to the security people who yep. can see them but can't hear them it just makes it more intense and, and we slowly start learning more and more about each person mm-hmm. so the two security guards up in the booth decide to call the cops then we get the detective from the first scene Coming to the building, even though they already knew someone jumped out of that building. So, well, they get to the front and they see the glass, but nobody in the building knew that someone jumped out. jumped out. Yeah. They just thought someone just broke a window. Like, I yeah. think they show, like, the maintenance guy cleaning up the Yeah, they're just like a couple janitors up there cleaning shit up. Yeah. But, yeah, well, anyways, they realized what happened was is, is someone jumped out of the window and they landed on this like moving truck and somehow the brakes released or something and this truck rolled like an entire block or something down the street and it stopped in front of like a four-story building that's so why they didn't was know confused at first like well you don't make this big of a dent on a truck after four, four stories yeah so the cops went for a walk they figured out what was going on they called in a crime scene they got back up and boom next thing you know they're talking to the two security guards in the booth i think the only reason for that was just to show that this detective was like the smart guy yep yep uh anyways the detective gets up in the security booth with these two security guards and they're watching um video of what happened from the lady getting bit and when the lights go off and right before the lights go off there's like a face on the screen it's like a fiery face pretty creepy kind of like the devil and this is when the Mexican security guard goes on the story about tries telling him he thinks it's the devil see the thing too that pissed me off too is is at this point it's only between the Mexican guy and then Matt Craven the uh, older kind of guy in charge and obviously 
that believable because he's, you know, you got the Mexican guy that thinks it's a prophecy and you got the white guy that's like, well, that that's just, you know, there's nothing to it. Well, clearly there is because it's a fucking face. So I don't know if he was in denial or something or whatever. But the thing that bothered me was is when the cops came, he ended up telling him eventually, but why the fuck wouldn't that be like one of the first things? He'd be like, dude, look at this. This is fucked up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd show him, but no, I don't think anyone would take it seriously. Yeah, but I would show him right away and be like, dude, before you lose your mind and start thinking too much into it, you know? Yeah. So they're trying to get info. The detectives are trying to get info on the people in the elevator. Uh, lights start to go out again in the elevator. Then when we see the attractive lady has a hallucination where she looks down on the ground and everyone's dead, bloody. Lights come on. We get Schnozberry guys stabbed in the neck with glass. I think he's dead. Yep. He's dying. He's dead. He gone. Um, so now we think the security guard is the killer again. The black guy in the elevator. There's a lot of back and forth. Oh, because, yes. Yeah, they looked him up, and apparently he has assault charges in his past. Yeah, so he he's just working. He works for a temp agency. Right, and it's his yeah. first day on the job. So now they think he's the killer because he has assault charges. Firefighters show up. They try to, like, cut into the wall to get him out. Uh, they figure out who... Snodsbury's guy is I don't remember who he was he's a sleazy salesman and he was there because the Better Business Bureau was looking into him or something yeah so maybe people are out to get him so yeah. which that's why he maybe was murdered uh, we find out the generic dude who's really quiet doesn't say anything he's a vet somehow no the the Logan Marshall Green? Yeah, he no, he says he says he was in a war, and that's why. I mean, oh, I was, vet, dead I was thinking veterinarian. I'm like, what? No, no, <laughs> he was an ex-military yeah. guy. So he tells him that he's seen he dead bodies, doing tours in Afghanistan or something. So it kind of makes him seem like a killer too, because he apparently killed people. Um. We, they find a suicide note from the guy that jumped out of the window and he said he heard the steps of the devil before he jumped out. They say he's rational and crazy. The suicide note doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Normally they're crazy or yeah, whatever. So we get our generic veteran, the quiet dude tries climbing out the ceiling and I think the old lady starts yelling, don't let him go. Don't let him go. Yeah. Well, the whole time, too, is is you have another building maintenance supervisor that is trying to get them out. So yeah, they're trying to get him he's out. He's running from the basement, looking at stuff, going up to the ceiling. And at this point, he's up at the top, and he's like, I can't see anything that's going on. So he puts on this um, harness, and he's lowering himself down at this point. Yeah. And his phone keeps getting – or his walkie-talkie – keeps getting blown up by the cop yeah. and he's like trying to answer it but you you know something's going to happen because he almost like fell twice trying to answer his walkie yeah he's almost and, died a few times yeah. now but well the war vet is trying to climb up through the top of the elevator to 
get out and try to go look for help and they pull him back down like you're not going anywhere because now they think he's the killer which why wouldn't you want him out of there right right yeah let the killer go like don't stay in here with me uh uh, repairman the shaft he falls to his death from the top of the elevator or from the top of the ceiling onto the elevator so blood starts dripping in to the top of the elevator into the elevator and the one thing too is every time shit's about to go down the lights start to flicker flicker and dim and then it goes pitch black and then so at this point i think that's happened like three times already because it happened once or twice before anyone was killed and then it happened again and then the um the uh, schnozzleberry guy got was killed. killed. So every time they start to flicker, everyone yeah. in the elevator knows something's And I will say it. that the first time I watched this was a long time ago, and I, I didn't really remember some of the details, but watching it now, I'm like, why? Before, because obviously they pulled cell phones out later on, but like the first or second time it happened, I'm like, even though you've got old school fucking Nokia cell phones, why aren't you using those as lights? Um, that, that, I thought was pretty unrealistic. Like you'd think they'd be fucking thinking of that a lot sooner than they actually did. So, but yeah, so the building supervisor falls. I don't even know how many stories. I don't he's know, like he's 20 dead. stories or something. Dead as a doornail. Uh, more cops start to arrive and then the detectives and the security guards open the booth, start to figure out more about everybody. The guard is a thug. That's what they say. Not me. Because he has the assault charge. We get the attractive lady, Sarah, is a liar. I don't remember why. The old lady is a thief because we find her on the camera, like, stealing yeah. a wallet or something. In the vet, they don't have anything on, on, uh, him, on yeah. him. So, the with the younger lady, what they find out and figure out is that she is there to meet with a lawyer. So, a basically... A divorce lawyer, right? Yeah, she's like an Anna Nicole Smith of the 2000s is basically what it is. Well, she she's goes a and gold takes, digger. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Anna Nicole Smith. You, are you, you're too young for her, aren't you? I know Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, she's a gold digger is what she is. And they are figuring it out that she is still currently married to the guy, but she's... She's trying to divorce him and take half his money. And then did you write down the coincidence between that and his last name and who actually the security guards are? I mean, later I I didn't figure out at this point. Okay, good. I I just want to make sure we're not going to overlook that part. I don't know if we have their names down yet. Uh, uh, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it. Do it. Say it. There's well, no spoilers. Well, okay. In so that girl's name is Sarah Cartel or something. I don't remember the last yeah. name. And then the guard's name is... I don't know. They say his name. And then the old lady's name is Jane Kowski. And they don't have the vet's name. They don't have his name yet. Mm-hmm. And they all signed in besides the vet. That's how they have their names. Or they figure out... They're, they had a sign-in book at the... The front desk. At the front desk. Yeah, when you check in or whatever. And so they, he didn't sign in, so they don't know who he is. Detective hallucinates real quick on the screen. He sees everyone dead, but that doesn't matter. Lights go out. Lights come back on in the elevator, and the old lady is hanging in the corner. I don't know what she's hanging by. A belt, maybe? 
I think it's from the electrical cables. Okay, so because the lights are falling off the elevator and shit. Yeah, so she's dead now. So there's only three left. We have the security guard, the gold digger, and the vet that no no one knows about. Uh, Narrator starts to talk again. Some more foreshadowing. He says, uh, "Oh, he says they're all here because they're bad people. There's a reason." that we're the audience talking to the detective because yep. he's going off his mom's old devil story. He says he always kills the last victim in front of the person they love the most. And then we cut to a picture, uh, uh, a little clip of the detective's, like, girlfriend or whatever. Uh, the blonde chick that walks in? No, remember when he's he is, like, something with some girl? Not the detective. Are you talking about when the... Because when they shut the building down, everybody's standing in the um, lobby. But at one point, there's some random person comes in, but you don't know who she is. No, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when he is walking into the building, he passes a girl. And she's like, hey, Tony, or whatever his name is. He's like, hi. And then we see a couple clips of him like... He has this thing with, like, this reporter or something. Oh, I, I must have missed that. No, so I was thinking, oh, shit, this lady's going to die in front of him. Uh, oh, maybe it was the blonde chick. Anyways, we'll get to that later. Well, she has no nothing to do with the detective. Okay. We, we keep getting hints at who the killer is based off of... Or who they want you to think. Yes. Hands, right? So, obviously, it's one of these three now. Oh, no. Well, they keep trying to make it like, uh, oh, this guy's a killer. But, I mean, based off the title, we kind of know it's one of them is the devil. When I first watched this, though, that the title devil was ambiguous in that I didn't take it as literal. literal. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the lights keep going out, I think there's something supernatural going on. Oh, it's easy to say now, but... Yeah. Uh, so, they keep watching video of all of them walking into the building, and they find that the v- the war vet guy, that they don't know his name, he hid, like, a bag in the bathroom. There's a bunch of tools, I'd say. Yeah, it was tools. Well, you don't know what it is, really. You just at oh, this point they don't know, so they run down. Yeah, at this point, it's just it. a hidden bag. Yeah, yeah. So I, for then you're like, oh god, this guy's a fucking terrorist. He's hiding bombs and or something the going on. Yeah. So we get our Mexican security guard, the narrator. He starts saying a prayer into the speaker in the elevator mm-hmm. to try to like piss off the devil or something. I don't know. Uh, then the guys in the elevator all start kind of going at each other because they all think the other one's the killer. Um, then the security guard and the war vet are like tangled up in a brawl and the attractive lady, the gold digger, is trying to tell the security guard to kill him, kill him because they think he's the killer yeah, now. They're, they're pressing hard at this point thinking that the vet mechanic is... Uh, right. The bad guy. But the way that lady's yelling, no, we're start, I kind of thought maybe now she's the the devil, so trying to yeah. pit them against each other. Uh, 
the detective finally comes on the loudspeaker and tells him to stop fighting, tell them to all put their hands on the wall, on the walls, and don't put them down. Then the older security guard goes to inspect, like, the maintenance of the elevator, and then he gets cuted. Yeah, so he... Yeah, he, he's like, oh, well, look at this. It's just a fucking disconnected line or some shit. Yeah. But, of course, you know, it's a lot easier than just unplugging something or doing this and that. They do a good job as far as making it suspenseful when he's trying to walk over and he's, like, picking up a chunk of wood trying to, you know, move this line. And it, they do it pretty well. Right. But he gets electrocuted and dies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't think he... Does he die? Yeah, no one even well, he, notices. I don't think either. Well, he, 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 he gets electrocuted, but then he wanders from the basement up to the lobby. So oh, I don't maybe. know that he actually dies. Maybe he did die. But he got electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was fried. Okay, so in the elevator, they're all supposed to have their hands on the walls so they don't hurt each other. And the woman takes her hands off. And the vet's like, put your fucking hands back up there. And My arms are tired. Yeah, and he said he says something like he knows something about her. He's like, I know. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe we're made to believe he's there to kill her or something, or she's the killer. I don't know. Well, I took it as like he's like, wait, I I, I know what you're hiding. I know your secret. Right. He knows something about her, but. The detectives finally find out that the guard in there, the black dude, works for the woman's husband because the husband owns the security company yep. that he works for. So maybe they think he's there to kill her so she doesn't take the money. Lights go off again, and the detective says, put up your cell phones, put the lights on. So they all have their cell phones up with their lights on, and then they all just, like, get sucked out of their yeah, hands. that was freaky as fuck. It was creepy. Honestly, I think the first time I watched this movie, I didn't think it was anything supernatural until that part. Really? Yeah. Okay, so th- now it's pitch black. We hear some noises, kind of some ruffling. The lights come back on, and our main suspect is dead on the floor with his head turned backwards, which is the security guard. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's not him now. So either it has to be this woman or the war vet. And they both are kind of like accusing each other of being the killer. We don't really know which one it is. Uh, finally, the detective's kind of convinced that something's going on with Supernatural. So he listens to the security guard. He's like, he's asking him like questions, like hypothetically speaking, how does this story end? Right. If your story is true, what can I do to save him? And the, and he's like, oh, you have to convince them to accept who they really are, or something like that. Basically, own up to their bad deeds. Yeah. Uh, in the elevator, lights start to flicker again. They go out. The vet. Oh. First of all, they're both holding, like, shards of broken glass. And the detective... Yeah, it's like a standoff at this point. The detective's like, is this really who you want to be? Are you really these people? So the girl's like, well, put it down if you put it down. So they both put it down, but then we see uh, the girl has a shard hidden in her back pocket. And then the lights go out, and we see her grab for the shard of glass in her pocket. 
And then we hear some noises again. Lights come back on. And the woman is bleeding from her neck pretty bad. She's not dead, but she's, like, about to die. It's like, well, holy shit. I thought she was going to be the killer with that shard. But he got her. The vet actually goes to try to help her. Puts his hand on her neck to stop the bleeding. It's like, well, why the fuck would he do that if he just stabbed her? Uh, in the security room, a lady comes in and find out it's the vet's, um, white or fiance. Yes. And his name is Tony Janikowski. Yeah. So, and so the detective's like Janikowski. So they thought it was Janikowski. It was one. Yeah. I was like, oh, so he did sign in. So it was a fucking old lady that didn't sign in. It's like, well, well, then then who is. You get goosebumps all of a sudden. You're like, oh, shit, the old lady didn't sign in. Yeah. So he's bent over her body, and we know it's coming. Yeah. From the angle. He's like crouched over body. You also find out that he's a mechanic and he brought his tool bag in and he he didn't have anywhere to put it because he had an interview or something. Yeah. So he went and stashed it in the bathroom and then his fiance was going to go and pick his tool bag up. Right. Well, and they found it, the tool bag. So they thought maybe he fucked with the elevator. Yes. Yes. But anyways, he's crouched over the lady bleeding from her neck and like, well, who is Jane Kowski or who's the old lady? And then just the way the fucking camera is, we see the old lady, like, I don't want to say float up, but, like, stand up yeah. right behind him. And I, Jet black eyes. I fucking jumped on this scene, dude. It, yeah. it, it's Jet not necessarily fucking, a jump scare, but it's scared. I jumped. Yeah. Just this old lady just rises up, jet black eyes. And it's like a... Yeah, it's fucking pretty scary. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know who I am now. And then Basically, the weakest part of the movie the is this next part, yeah. So we get a flashback of the war vet, and he's drinking and driving, and he fucking hits a car or something and drives off. So he's... First off, why the fuck didn't that bitch have her kid fucking buckled in? I don't know. So all of a sudden, you see her in the car, and she's dead. Then her kid got thrown. Fucking bad parenting right there. Yeah, so the devil does her whole monologue, like, you know why you're here. You're a bad person, basically. And he's like, I know I am. I deserve this. Just don't kill the lady bleeding or whatever. Like, take me instead. And the devil's like, no, don't say that. Like, getting really angry at him. It's kind of scary because it's the fucking devil. That it is. It in. is. Even though, like, the devil's not supposed to show pity or, or you know, not supposed to have a moral compass. Right. It does. So that was kind of goofy, but. Yes. So she's getting pissed because he's, like. Manning up. Showing. Really. Yeah, like, remorse for his sins and taking responsibility for what he did. And then, so we had the maintenance guy that landed on, was it the maintenance guy or security guard? Maintenance guy landed on top of the elevator yeah. shaft and his CB radio is there. And all of a sudden, for some reason, the elevator shifts and the, C, the CB radio falls to the top of the elevator and the vet catches it. And he says into the CB radio, it's like, uh, two years ago, I'm, 
had a hit and run and I killed a woman and a child like confessing his sins basically so this is how fucking religious this movie is and the devil just kind of looks at him like looks really pissed off and she says damn I really wanted you and then the lights go off again hear some more noises and all of a sudden the fire department's been trying to cut in forever finally get it open they open it up and the old lady's gone and the detective's like where is she at where is she at so then whatever I think I think the lady survives the gold digger maybe yeah I don't know if she does and the the vet does that it, does for sure, yeah. So the detective says, I'll give him a ride. So he's giving him a ride to, I don't know, the hospital or something. And the vet's like, you know that family? The police station. Maybe. He's like, you know that family you killed that you said two years ago? He's like, that was my wife and son. It's like, I've, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. And we kind of get it like he's pissed off at him, like yeah, he's gonna kill him. I'm gonna do to you, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "But I forgive you." It's like, oh, great, <laughs> forgive him. So, I feel like maybe if he would have done something bad to him, then the devil would have came back and taken him instead. Yes. And then we get the narrator over says, "If the devil is real, then God must be real too." In movie. Yeah. This this um there there were a few silly parts. I mean, I will say at 80 minutes this movie trucked along pretty good. There were a few silly parts, like I said. The end of the movie really is the one thing that I was like, what the fuck? Like there's a couple things with the cell phone lights. I would've been using that shit fucking first time those lights were dimming, I would've been using that cell phone light after Schnellsberry's got killed. For sure. But then with the the devil and his little monologue at the end um, coming off as like you know moral and forgiving, holier and than that was thou, kind of ridiculous. Right. I was like whatever. But I will say uh, the things I did like was the opening shot in the opening intro, I guess, with like the camera work and how everything was upside down. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, at first, I was like, I, I think I watched this on. Was this on Shutter? I don't remember what this was on. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is my stream backwards or something? But the entire intro of the movie is upside down. Yeah. And I thought something was and wrong. Yeah, like real good, like creepy music. Yeah, yeah. So it's that like, was why why is these buildings creepy? But then Yeah. Because it was overcast. I mean, it was really good. Th- this movie is is I think uh I recently saw something in one of the Facebook groups for horror that was like named one of the most atmospheric movies and I was like man this one was really good at building that atmosphere as far as that goes um, also I will say that the first like five minutes of dialogue when they're in the elevator was so fucking awkward do you remember that like I remember I was watching that sitting out of my couch like just cringing like oh my god like the the things they were saying, the interactions, the people, I, I I was putting myself in that same position. Like, you know, it's easy for us, you know, Iowa nice Midwesterners to sit there and be like, that never happens. But yeah. it probably does actually happen. I mean, we're in New York, but 
just the awkwardness that it made me feel made me really appreciate the fact that that's just proof of good acting and good writing you know for a scene like that to just make you feel awkward sitting on a couch watching it uncomfortable yeah i wrote something on here and i have no idea what it means or fucking i wrote crackers fell when lights went out when guard died what the fuck does that mean I think you're getting back to your racist roots. Talking about crackers. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, I don't know. Crackers fell. I don't, I don't know. know what that means when I wrote that. Crackers. I think there was some oh, red herrings. Oh, okay. I okay. No. <laughs> like, I thought that was something in the movie. I remember this now. Okay, so uh, you see, there's a Ritz. Okay, so I this is pretty funny actually. <laughs> I was trying to tie this in the movie. Okay, so no. Um I buy these um, packages. They're like the mini packages of Ritz crackers. My kids love Ritz crackers. It's like their favorite snack. I'm like, fuck, you can eat those all day instead of like little Debbie snacks or whatever. So I bought this uh, big box of these mini Ritz crackers, and we have them sitting up on our little area where we've got our snacks up there. So it's kind of on a shelf. And it must have been... I don't know what the fuck happened, but I was watching this movie and this happened at like 11 o'clock at night, but somehow it took like eight hours for this cracker package to fall. So right when the lights went out and the guard died, I heard a like a little noise and it made me like jump up and my heart stopped for a second. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I paused it. I looked. You know, and like whenever anything scary happens, it's a lot better when there's someone with you. But I had my my dog with me. <laughs> so my dog heard it, too. And he woke up, which kind of like scared me. And I turned the light on and I go and there's a package of fucking Ritz laying on the floor. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That's creepy. that's what that man. I forgot about that because I like I said, I saw both these movies you know, longer than a, a, ago than I wanted to. But, yeah, that, that kind of made it a little bit more creepy, too. How old is this house? He was haunted. 78. It's not an old house. Oh, shit. I hope it's not haunted. Me, too. So, but, no, that was, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Crackers fell when lights went out. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, there we go. So, but, no, I mean, what are your, what are your overall thoughts of this movie as far as, I mean, everything? Um, I don't know. I'm conflicted on it. It it's a it's a good movie. It's entertaining the whole time, and it keeps you guessing. I love the mi- mystery part of like Scream, where you guess who the killer is, and it definitely it's hard to tell. It's hard to guess. I don't know. I I like it. I like it overall. I I don't like the whole religious thing. Like, yeah, um, I, I think that in this case, I think that Shyamalan used that more as far as a way to drive the story than any kind of like agenda he's trying to right. Push. He's not trying to because say I'm pretty some, sure some he's narrative. like yeah. He, M Night Shyamalan does not come off as a fucking Christian to me. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm whatever. Maybe I'm I'm assuming too much but with a name like M. Night Shyamalan I'm pretty sure he's not a fucking Christian are you saying he's Hindu? I don't know know. maybe it'd make more sense yeah I mean but it's common trope in horror movies yeah 
I don't know why it runs me the wrong way. But yeah, I know it's a good movie overall. It's, it's worth yeah. a watch. One problem with the M. Night Shyamalan movies is the rewatch. If you know the final twist, it kind of takes away a little bit from the movie as a whole. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, I'll, I'll rewatch this movie. Yeah. All right, so ratings. I guess anything else you want to say with this movie overall? I mean, um, it's really well done. Yeah, it is. It is. I I have problems with it, but it's still entertaining. Yeah. No, that's one thing too that you can say with the M Night Shyamalan, J.J. Abrams, even you know. Blumhouse kind of things. They're yeah. well done movies. Typically, the acting is going to be pretty good. And it's also that whole idea that you know, if if you enjoy a movie or if you think it's fun, it's a lot easier for you to overlook the details or the things that some people don't like. Right. Whereas, and I think a lot of that too has to do with people coming in, you know, kind of with preset judgments or or expecting certain things out of a movie. And then it's easier for you to nitpick. And I kind of found that too with um, the people under the stairs. I, I found myself not really entertained overall with that. So yeah. it's easier for me to, you know, nitpick certain things where this one. Well, in, coming from us, we're looking for those kind of things. To right. Like a regular movie watcher, you're not yeah. looking for specific it, things you just want to watch, enjoy. Yeah. And even with this movie, even though I've seen it before and I knew who the devil was and the main whatever, like it'd been long enough where I had forgotten a lot of details of it. So, you know, when you get a movie like this, uh, a good mystery kind of thriller, I, I feel they do hold your attention a lot more because you are kind of waiting and looking because um, you don't exactly remember the details or exactly how everything happened. So I like this one quite a bit. I, I came in pretty high on this one, 8.75. I mean. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I give it 6.5. Yeah. And I think a lot of the reason is because most of the horror happens in the dark. Right. You don't really see how scary it is. The one legitimate time I was scary is when the we find out who the devil is. And I paused it right before that to write down notes, and I knew it was coming, and I still jumped. It still scared me. But it's a good movie overall, and it's worth it, and I love the whole mystery behind it, like guessing who it is. Yeah, you know, the same thing, too, can be said about, for example, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, all the horror and everything does happen at dark, but Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, there's like two tablespoons of blood in that entire movie. Yeah. You know, they do leave it all up to the imagination. So That's true. I think that really to enjoy this movie, you need to, you know, like I said, last episode, like I said with the beginning of talking about this, is you really need to get yourself into the mindset and, and really set the stage as far as this is the kind of movie I'm going to watch. This is what I'm going to get into. I'm going to make it dark and I'm going to set myself up to be thoroughly enjoyed by this movie. So I came in quite a bit higher than Drunk Darius on this one. I did come in at 8.5. I love this movie. Well, 6.5 is a good rating. I mean, it's a good movie. 
Yeah, I mean, 6.5 is not a bad rating. I mean, 5 is an average, so... Yeah. Um, you know, I will say, in my opinion, I do think that as far as a PG-13 horror movie goes, I think this one really kind of sets a standard. I mean, it yeah. proves that you don't need gore, you don't need right. blood, you don't need cursing, you don't need nudity to make a really tense mystery horror yeah, what what else you know, is it scary? Like the Ring. Is the Ring PG thirteen? I think so. Yeah. That movie's scary as fuck too. So. It is, but it's in a franchise, so we're not covering it. Mm. Maybe one day we'll do a franchise episode. We will. We will. Stay tuned. Anything before we uh move on to our segment? Uh, no, I got nothing. Okay, so we're going to wrap up episode 17 by talking about our March Horror Movie Madness. Why don't you give a little uh, background? What what made you decide to do this? Where did you come up with this idea kind of thing? What Give us a little background on this. Okay, so technically this is my segment. We swap off and on each episode, but... You and your friend, I don't know if you want to give a shout out. Brent. Brent did most of the legwork on it, so that was really nice. Uh, Brent, me and Boss Tuna really kind of picked the movies. Brent did all the stuff online so you can... So, I mean, we're in March Madness, so you were just kind of thinking it would be cool to do... Oh, yeah. You're, you're a basketball fan. Yes. Weren't you? For sure. Okay. But Iowa State lost in the first round, so I kind of phased out of that. But Texas Tech won the night, going to the Final Four. Big 12 team. Big 12, I was going to say Big 12. See, I don't follow any kind of uh, basketball. The March Madness I follow is on my TV right now. We're watching a replay. I yeah. watch all the NCAA hockey, so that's my bracket. I didn't even know they had <laughs> hockey. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's it's it's. What channel is this to. on? Uh, ESPNU. The Ojo. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. I would say it doesn't hold a candle to basketball. So. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Theo Vaughn, you don't know who he is. He's a comedian. He has a podcast, and he's doing uh. He's doing something like this, but for states. So, like, which state would win in a war battle? <laughs> so, like, the first round was Iowa versus Nebraska. And the last podcast... The first round? Who won? Well, Iowa won. Oh, of course, right? Yeah. We got wrestlers and shit. I don't know. But also the last podcast on the left did do something similar to this and, like, their fourth episode ever that no one's ever heard but they did it with serial killers and villains from major horror movies like ted bundy versus michael myers sure type thing i think jeffrey Dahmer pointed it all i don't know it is just it's a fun way to have fan participation too yeah so drunk darius actually came up with the idea um, he kind of gave me his little outline of it and I kind of went and did so everything obviously, else. <laughs> well, obviously 
so we kept it to 2018. So here's the parameters that we did. We're hoping that by the time this episode drops, you guys will have enough time. Round one might be done. Um, but I mean, just in case, I guess I will say April 4th at noon is when round one ends and April 4th at 5 PM. For some reason we have to have a little break. That's when round two starts. So what we did was is we chose only 2018 movies and then for the brackets, rather than doing like the Midwest, the East, the South, whatever, we did uh, your heroes, your zeros, feature your creature, and paranormal slash supernatural. So we have eight teams in each bracket. And we seeded them. So, for example, with well, your, explain what each bracket is. Like your hero is your yeah, main yep. antagonist. Like, right. uh, I think we got the chick from Revenge as a yeah, one so, seed, maybe. Yeah. So your hero is going to be like Jen from Revenge is a one seed. I think uh, Red Miller from Mandy is a two seed. Right. And we're trying not to use the same movie twice. So yes. That's why maybe some of your favorites be out because we use them in a different category. Exactly. So we, we did have some rules. So we, we're, we're trying not to use movies that are either sequels or in a franchise. So that's why Michael Myers isn't in there. The that's nun. why yeah, The Nun or The Leprechaun isn't in there. We're trying to stick strictly to 2018. So your heroes are going to be like your Jen, your Red Miller. Uh, Andy from Cargo is in it. Um uh, is it Corbin Nash? Or yeah. or no, see, no, that's, that's a, a different category. Creature, yeah. So the uh, next category then would be the um, zero the zero. So that's like Wayne Mackey from Summer of '84. It's like non supernatural bad guys. Yeah. So, so like the, your slasher, also Jack Bill. Yes. Um, you know, check it out. I mean, we have them all seated on there, pretty good. So we've got your 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 slasher guys we have um the one from hellfest is in there right we also have another one that is called feature your creature so this one for example has queenie which is uh cory feldman from corbin nash (laughs) corbin nash my favorite uh spoiler (laughs) alert um, but we also have the creatures from um, A Quiet Place is in there. We have the ritual. Yep, Mama the Juton, monsters. Mama monsters. Um, you know, that's a fun category. And then the last one is Supernatural or um, um, Paranormal. Paranormal. Same thing. Yep. So like um, the demon from Possession of Hannah Grace is in that one. Um, that one also has... Um, the terrified people. Yep, terrified people. I think it's got the demons from Satan's slaves in it. So there's a lot more. Yeah. So we right have now. eight in each one. Um, and the way we did it was is I hope you guys actually, if you listen to this, please go out and vote. Even if you're catching it partway through, you know, round two or whatever. Uh, hopefully, you can still do that. Um, because I had to pay $37 to do this. So Brent, a lot of money for yeah. Iowa. <laughs> Brent, a buddy of mine spent a lot of time on this. So he, he put like pictures of the movies on there made it so we can vote. Yeah, it's, it's pretty legit. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty legit that we did this. So, okay. Um, yeah. Well, let's explain how it works. So 
The first round is going right now. Yes, the first round goes now, and, and we're going to try to get this out ASAP, but the first round closes on April 4th. At noon, yep. and then the second round starts the same day at 5? Five. 5, yep. So then uh, we have round 2, round 3, round 4, and then round 5 is a championship. So each round is going to have about 4 or 5 days. Right. But and the winner is decided by your votes. Yes. Well, all of our votes. And I think we're going to do, we're not sure if we're going to do an entire bonus episode or just a segment when this is over, but we'll be able to run uh, a full report. Go and, through each round. Yeah, re- each round and know exactly who vo- who voted for what. So well, I, I just voted, uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago and... It's already been a few vote, quite a few votes, and a lot of people are not agreeing with me. I was gonna say, also it is way if, too close. If you do not know the movie, just pick the one with the best cover art. Yes, because there's yeah. no way you've seen all these movies. I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, maybe you have. I haven't. Most of them, yeah. Yeah, so you know, go through, vote. It's fun. Just to get engaged a little bit, and and this is only our first year doing the March Horror Madness. We're gonna do it every year, and yeah. we're going to. Uh, it's gonna get better each year too. So, I mean, yeah, there's gonna be some good ones. There's some good movies coming out this year. Yeah, yep. And maybe we'll do one. Um, you haven't seen anything about that Brightburn movie yet either. Yeah? No, Brightburn. No, don't don't look into it. Just no, watch it. I will not. But yeah, we'll we'll have to do one possibly to. Um, you know, with all time. So, you know, Freddy and Chucky, Leprechaun. Or, uh, yeah, like Michael Myers versus yes. It from It Follows. Or Pennywise from ter- versus Terrifier. Or Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Man, we get into this. Yeah, so, right. no, this is just, this is, we're just scratching the surface at this point here, so... Please go on, uh, look us up on our fan page, Joe Blow Horror Show. It's on Facebook. Email us at joeblowhorrorshow at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. The Joe Blow Horror Show. Show. Interact with us. Um, Come be my friend. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you interact with us and there's a movie that you want us to review or look over... There is a very, 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 very good chance that we will actually, if not a full review, we'll give you something, uh, a little snippet in our shotgun review. So Unless it's The Shining. <laughs> and then that will just be me talking for like four hours. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, if you guys want to hear something, let us know. Hit us up on any of our social media and we will get to work on that for you. So anything you want to cover... Um, throughout the episode or with the segment? No, I don't, I don't have anything. You are not Mark Sargent today then? I am not Mark Sargent. Okay, so next episode, episode number 18. I have the old movie, Drunk Darius has the new movie. The old movie we're going to watch, and I'm crossing a finger that you've never seen this, we're going to be covering, folks, Cape Fear. I've seen it. Oh, you have? Oh, I've seen it at least like that ass end of it. I don't think I've seen the whole movie. All right, all right. That's uh, The Shining. No, Shining. that's Robert De Niro, not Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Robert De Niro, yep. So what's the uh, new movie we're going to be 
Disgusting. Devil's Candy. Devil's Candy. Have you seen it? I have. I loved it. That was a good movie. That's a really new movie. That's only like two years old, I think. I know, but I feel like most people haven't seen it. It's a good point. It's a good point. And it's funny because I almost, my old movie was going to be devil themed too. And I was like, yeah, but this one is a good one. What did I say earlier in the podcast about all that ties into my movie next? Something about overweight guy. Oh, I forget. Damn it. That was like four hours ago. (laughs) The, uh, one of the guys in Devil's Candy was in Jacob's Ladder. Really? Yeah. Colby and uh, Logan Marshall or was wait no Logan Marshall is not Devil's Candy. So uh, Cape Fear is the old movie, older movie. Devil's Candy is a newer movie. So if you guys want to follow along, we do encourage you before next episode watch both those movies follow along with us as we break them down the segment next week we are going to be talking about is actor spotlight so stay tuned as boss tuna picks one of the actors that we had recently talked about and we are going to get to know them a little bit more in depth and lastly is the discussion okay the discussion is real life supernatural is it real? Like ghosts? Boom. You think that's real? Huh? Find evidence. Show me. Show me. Do you have an experience with me. ghosts? I mean, don't tell me now, but that's that's the discussion. All right. All right. Boom. That's going to be good. I'm excited. Anything else before we sign off? I lied to you guys earlier. I am Mark Sargent. And with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. That was incredible. Is it good for you? (laughs) I've had better.